Welcome to the Mostly Banter Podcast. Today we're joined by Jessica Verone, the mastermind behind Beverly Hills Living Magazine, a corporate marketing veteran turned fearless entrepreneur. Jessica's passion for community shines brightly in every venture. As we chat about her journey, the iconic 90210, and the upcoming 40s Under 40 Awards, get ready for a dose of inspiration. Let's dive in. And this episode, we have Jessica Verone, who's a newer member of Beverly Hills Rotary, but she's also a well-known founder, editor, producer of Beverly Hills Living Magazine. So Jessica, welcome. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm truly honored to be here and invited on this podcast that you have started. I believe it's featuring Rotarians. Is that correct? No, feature, yes, but we'll have everybody and anybody that's sort of a mover and shaker and a non-mover and shaker in the Beverly Hills community. So tell me, how did you get here? What's your background? So, Michael, I, I am a newcomer to Beverly Hills, at least in this capacity. Uh, as the founding publisher of Beverly Hills Living, it really started... Um, Let's see, eight years ago, I moved to the Pico Robertson neighborhood. Are you from Los Angeles originally? No, I am, I'm from a small town in Massachusetts. Called? Uh, Seekonk, Massachusetts. Near Boston or near? It's close to Providence. So if anyone yeah. knows where Brown University is, sure. we're super close, like 15 minutes outside. And um, so I spent a lot of time in Rhode Island. I went to college in Rhode Island. Where did you go to college? Uh, the University of Rhode Island, which is an amazing school by the water. And you have some... And I knew somebody who went to school there. It was a very big basketball program. What's they have the an ma- amazing basketball What's team. What's the mascot? A warrior. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, blue and white is their mascot colors, and I loved it there. Um, I studied business and marketing, and had a couple great internships under my belt. I did, did you study journalism, or what did you study in school? I studied, um, so I went to the College of Business and got a marketing degree. So it, you know, it wasn't very clear to me my path. I. I I knew I wanted to always do something entrepreneurial. I wanted to work with people. I wanted to um, embrace creativity and just create something different. So but a hybrid between I want to make a lot of money, which some people want to do, <laughs> and I want to be involved with art. On the other hand, and how do we work with both of a, a blend sure. of both? So you landed in marketing. So you're a Rhode Island gal, and how did you end up in California? What brought you out here? So growing up, um, when I was, well, definitely a teenager, as far as I can remember, I really loved, I loved all reality shows that had to do with, say, San Diego or Los Angeles. Um, The reality TV scene was like in its prime. And I just got to see the West Coast and a different life. And it's so different than the East Coast. And I thought, you know, with all of my family on the East Coast and really no one out West, this is this is a really cool chance. If I can get out there, then I want to see what is possible. I want to see what I can do. It's cool. People had once told me that uh, they lived in the snow and every January they would watch the Rose Parade and they would see the palm trees and they would see the blue skies and they said, I'm going west. <laughs> and that Let's was, go west. Yeah, and that's kind yeah. of sounds like a similar path for you and that you saw the television shows of demonstrating, especially reality TV. So 
Which reality TV shows did you watch? So a big one, I loved MTV and the, re the real world. Um, San Diego, I think, was not sure how many years into them releasing the real world, but San Diego really caught my attention. Um, also MTV The Hills, mm -hmm. which was a spinoff of Laguna Beach, which I loved. The, the beach life, I, I you know grew up really by the water every summer. We went to the beach all the time on the East Coast. Pacific Ocean and Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> completely different worlds, right? Completely. Completely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when, when you were saying that, I, I, was, I was sort of thinking that MTV, the origins of MTV were when I was a youth. MTV is not MTV. MTV is a completely different, more of a pop culture thing. Mm -hmm. I guess it evolved into when I was, it was all music videos. It was the first music videos of the time. So you had rock, you had pop, you had all that. And, and it was a boom of that. So you're watching that as a kid, which is now the popular culture for you. And then where do you come? Do you come to San Diego first or? No, I always knew L.A. So after I graduated college at 21, 22, um, I wasn't sure when I would get West. I was really trying to recruit friends and family. I was trying to figure out, could I get a job from the East Coast and get hired and then be brought out West? And after a couple years of trying that out, I realized, okay, time is ticking. I am just itching to get out there. I just, there's something there's something really amazing that I it's feel calling that's calling me. It was a calling. And so I decided to really look at it as an adventure. And um, at the time, I was working at a, a super, well, it's a national graphics company that prints uh, signage, like stop signs and custom sure. walkway signs. And so I was handling their marketing and working on their photo shoots, producing video edits, that sort of thing, helping their sales team. And I would sit and I would look out the window and I would see these cows just like literally, because it was a rural area, the, the building that I would be working out of. And I would just dream of, of truly like going west and seeing what I could do. And so then and there I made a plan and um, that plan, I said, okay, I'm going to let them know that I'm, I'm moving and I'm ready to do this. And so a month later, um, it actually really worked out because they let me keep my job remotely at the time. And that was in 2016 before remote work was, was what it is today. So, um, so I felt on top of the world. I decided to take a week and drive cross country. I packed up my car. Which route did you choose? Northern yeah. route, middle route, or Southern route? I... I crossed midway through the country. Midway, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Route went 66. Through Route 66, yeah. Went through the panhandle of Texas. And I think when I, when I reached the mountains of Albuquerque for the first time, the terrain really changed. That's when it was clear to me, I am not. You're not in Kansas anymore. I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I, am, I made it. I'm, You're in California, yeah. yeah You're in the West. we're approaching these other time zones, and it started to really become real. And so that's when I started to really gain some momentum. And um, So where did you, when you first came, you came to Los Angeles. Did you know anybody? The only person I knew was my older cousin, and um, he had been living in Hermosa Beach for maybe 10 years, uh, and I was 
I would hear, we would hear updates from him over the years. And I'm like, where's Hermosa Beach? I have no idea where that, where that is. And it sounded great. Um, and so I knew I could lean on him if I ever needed to, but I really wanted to kind of be super independent. I didn't want to lean on my older cousin. And So where did you stay? Did you stay yeah. in Hermosa when you first got here, or what did you do? So I actually, I was like, okay, I really need to get to know the L.A. neighborhoods. There's so many. So I booked Airbnbs for about a month and a half. Oh, interesting. I was like, I'll... I'll search for apartments. Do I want to live in Venice? Do I want to live in Beverly Hills or, or Beverly Hills adjacent? And I got a month and a half in an amazing apartment deal with this girl moving to Australia. And she just so happened to live Pico Robertson. So just a few streets over from Beverly Hills. And I said, this is exactly where I want to be. I felt safe. I felt um, close to everything and it yeah, just felt right. It's a great geographic right. area. It's also yeah. for people that don't know, Pico Robertson in Los Angeles is like central Los Angeles, but it's it's on the west side. So it's geographically easy to the airport. It's really close to Beverly Hills. It's fairly close to Westwood, but it's it's in Los Angeles. Downtown is 15 minutes. It's a, a predominantly a Jewish neighborhood. It's a, a very well-known neighborhood. So that's nice. So you're you move there. And now you're sitting there in an apartment going, this is an amazing situation. What do I do now? What do well, I do now? what did you do? So, you know, I was continu- continuing to work with um, the company, it was National Marker Company at the time. They were bought up recently uh, by, I think they were acquired by a competitor. But um, I said, okay, I'm going to, so I have a background in hospitality. I uh, throughout my teen years, I worked in a ton of different restaurants and, and bars and got to really work and get to know people and, and you know, dine and, and what do they like to do. Wait, wait. So bars and restaurants. Did we work as a bartender? Did we work as a, uh, a, seat, a person who greets? Do we work in the back? What do we do there? I started as a host at Ruby Tuesdays when I was 16. And before that, I worked at a country club in my neighborhood at 15. So that was my first job um, working with with the golfers and um, and serving them their, their weekly kind of luncheons and um, they would host weddings there and it was, it was a great first job. And so then I worked at Ruby Tuesdays as a host. I graduated to serving and then from there, any other restaurant I'd go to was serving and then bartending. So I really loved the bartending because uh, the mixology side of things and the creativity of cocktails and people having a really nice time out, friends and family. Do bartenders have to be licensed today or not licensed, certified? I you had to be certified. Yeah, you had to go through specific training and um, a serve safe certificate. So you. I understand. had that when I was very young. I said, oh, this is my dream. Maybe I'll want to own a bar one day. And uh, went to bartending school I, for, for a week and a half. That was quite interesting. But that's that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Okay, so now we're Pico Robertson. We have our experience. Are you going to? And you're working remotely. Okay, so now how do we? We're right around the corner from Beverly Hills. What made us mm-hmm. decide Beverly Hills? Well, Beverly Hills. So Beverly Hills was always really interesting to me. I wait, wait. I got to interrupt. What was your first visit to Beverly Hills? My what first did you visit? do? Wow, that's a great question. I, re- I think it was going to the um, 
the lily pond where the Beverly Hills sign is. That was the first, that was the first really landmark that I wanted to see and see in person because I've seen it in so many photos and uh, especially social media. And definitely movies like Pretty Women and, um, and Beverly Hills Cop, seeing so the Beverly... Pretty Women, the, the movie Pretty Women with, um, oh, her, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, yeah. So that is at the Beverly uh, Regent Wilshire Hotel. Yeah. And just to give you a little rotary connection, um, he's now passed on, but he was at our table for a gazillion years, was a man named George White. And George White was the general manager of that hotel. And they would host Prince Charles and all of these people who knew him personally. And he was a joy and a treasure. So you're walking down Rodeo Drive for the first time. I'm sure that means something also, correct? Correct. I mean, it was surreal. I, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe I was there in, in person, in real life. I, I got myself in my it was a 2012 Volkswagen Jetta across the country, safe and sound, and here I am in Beverly Hills. I, it it felt really special, and I felt really lucky. And I know a lot of people who say they want to do something or want to try something new or or go after a dream, and there's a lot of reasons they can't. Um, and for this, for me, I I I decided to really just go for it. So it was a really full circle moment, um, but it, it started to become more and more full circle as, as the past maybe five years have gone on. Um, and so I got a job a few months later after moving to LA at a wealth management firm and they were on um, Wilshire and Beverly Drive. So so I was in charge of all of their their sales uh, business development and helping the sales team. So that really got me immersed with a lot of um, their advisors that work. In and area. that was, you said, in Beverly Hills? In Beverly Hills, yeah. They're not there anymore. It was Stock Cross Financial Services. And um, they were acquired by a larger firm out of New York called Muriel so, Siebert. Interesting. So now you're working in Beverly Hills. So now you're seeing the restaurants, you're seeing what's around. Did you ever drive like the neighborhoods? Always. Yeah. I would always drive like the flats. I would walk around the flats. I just, I, for a couple years, um, I would walk back to my apartment in through Pico Robertson from, from Beverly Drive. And so just getting to know the neighborhood and the people. You know was, the ground. I'm a walker also. Yeah, you I love You kind of learn the ground. And for people that don't know what Beverly Hills really is, it's sort of the hill. It says, well, Beverly Hills. Most of Beverly Hills is flat ground. It's really flat. The hills go up in the Santa, towards the Santa Monica Mountains. And if you were to head up and over that, those little mountains, um, now you're in the San Fernando Valley, which is where I grew up. And it's a, rode a bicycle there up and over. So it's, oh, wow. it's yeah, yeah, but it, for people, People that don't know, some of the homes are just incredible. Did you ever plant your sights on, hey, I want one of these one day? Is that a goal or not really? You know, I, I was really in awe of just how beautiful the homes were, and especially at night. So walking the flats at night, it's super quiet. It's very safe. 
and I just wanted to get some fresh air and just explore. And so to see even just the beauty of the the lighting at night, it was it it wasn't something I grew up with. So it was definitely aspirational and also inspirational to see. Yeah, it's it's interesting also for me. I've always remembered not growing up in Beverly Hills, but coming to Beverly Hills often, how the city really embraces different uh, holidays and traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Persians, they'll have Norwuz, and then they'll have, uh, of course, Christmas, and then they'll have you know, Hanukkah decorations. They'll have sort of celebrating all of it in Beverly Hills in a, I don't want to use the word expensive, but in an elaborate way, and it's, that's quite interesting. And then you get some artwork, um, you know, Ringo Starr's peace sign and things like that. These are all very, very, very cool. All right, so now we're in Beverly Hills. We're working at a wealth management firm. What do we do now? So I was there about four years, and 2020 came along, and of course COVID happened so fast. At that time, I was, um, yeah, I was several years into living in LA. I was, you know, missing my family. In Los Angeles, for people that don't know, is expensive. It's if you're making X dollars in Los Angeles. If you had that in a smaller demographic, even Phoenix, and, any, and then if you go to a real small place, it's like you're, you would be rich there. Here, you're not so rich. So, mm-hmm. you know, here it's, it, it's a challenge. So are you doing well enough economically to say you're thriving? You know, I was, I was getting by. I was really, I was, I was thrifty. I was, um, you know, I was always shopping for good deals and, know how do I um, how do I continue to feel like I fit in with this extremely affluent community especially um, as a young you know I think I was 20 not 28 29 um, so and I was surrounded by financial advisors who were working with very you know affluent clients and so um, I would even help with the firm's um, it was the Associates for Breast and Prostate Cancer Research. It was the ABC's charity, which there's a lot of people in Beverly Hills and the community involved in that. And so um, I would help put the galas together at the Beverly uh, Hilton every year. And they they put on a 500-person event and raised a ton of money. And it was for an amazing cause. It must so, have been interesting when you saw the Beverly Hilton, like the first time you kind of go, wait, they host all these award shows here. And I, I know this room. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. Well, it didn't hit me until after because I see these award shows and you don't, you don't put it together until maybe after if you see an award show and it looks like where you were just at an event. And so then it started to really kind of become these pinch me moments like, wow, I'm really, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm living and I'm, I'm growing and I'm, I'm enjoying growing and, and learning. And, um, and so really when COVID hit, I knew that it was time for me to, to make a break. It was really time. I felt settled. I felt really grounded in Beverly Hills and getting to know the community. I was a member of the Visionary Women's Younger Division, Gen V, and involved with them about six years. So they would host a lot of different functions around Beverly Hills. And um, so from there, I had an invitation to actually move to Miami in 2020, right when 
right after the pandemic started, um, so that spring, and the firm was was expanding down there, moving all headquarters over there. And I, I really, I was at a, a pivotal point. I said, do I stay here and continue off, off what I had been building, and or do I go to Miami? And so after a while, um, I, it was in my heart to stay. I knew I wanted to, to there was there was more. So. Um, so with that, I, um, I worked out with them. They, they were very happy for me. And, and, um, so that's when the whole magazine, it's, it's evolvement. So you leave a firm and now what am I going to do? And is that when the aha moment of, I want to do a magazine or I want to create some sort of a media piece? That's when it happened. I, I knew that Um, that summer with Beverly Hills and a lot of the turmoil that had been, that had began, especially on Rodeo Drive and seeing the city uh, affected so greatly. Um, You know, I was living solo. I was living alone during the pandemic and really all of my family back east. I, I felt like, okay, I have I have to do something. I really want to create something beautiful for Beverly Hills. I really want to create something that's going to bring people together, share stories, um, connect one another. And I, I truly didn't think there was a magazine currently circulating at the time, um, at least on a monthly basis. So, so that's really where the seed was planted. Um, I've always wanted to start a magazine. I just and I, I thought Beverly Hills would be a perfect place. And, and what's the theme of the magazine, other than okay. it's a Beverly Hills background? Tell me about the magazine. Well, first, so now we're going to make a magazine. You, you're, you're setting out for that. Hey, we're going to do this. What is the content going to be? In this era, forgive my lack of uh, sophistication over social media and those things, but nowadays everything is sort of segmented. If you're a sports fan, you go here for your your content. If you're a social media, it's here. And then even social media, it's not just Facebook. If anything, Facebook's old school. It's TikTok. It's, it's Instagram. It's a blah, 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 blah. Uh, there, there's all of these things that dilute and hardbound um, physical paper magazines you would think would be a big challenge. So, mm-hmm. to, you know, walk me through what are your, where, how does this all go? New media, It'll it'll constantly evolve, and there will be always there will always be new channels and ways to distribute distribute and reach and share and um, and so for me, I've always loved books. I've always loved holding. I've always loved magazines and ripping out pages and creating vision boards. There's and a, there's an expression that I heard very young in sort of business, and it's the benefit of paper of a newspaper or a magazine is it's an instant call to action. So what that means is if somebody put an ad into your magazine, I assume you accept ads, hey, here's an ad, it's X dollars, um, go visit for so-and-so store, we're having a sale. People would tear that out mm-hmm. and they leave it as a reminder. So it's a call to action for them to do that. Digitally, you don't really have that. You know, I guess you could say I'm going to take this and I'm going to say, well, let me copy this and post it or do something into my own calendar. So that's a big benefit, but it's it's expensive. So but uh, I don't know that I got what I'm what I was trying to ask you. What's the 
content or is it sort of potpourri? Is it a little bit of everything in the magazine or is it just sort of Beverly Hills community? Is it news? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Our content for Beverly Hills Living, it's we're really highlighting the the residents of the community and the businesses. So it's a super local publication. We're focusing on a blend of topics, um, which... Kind of like this podcast. Exactly. Like this podcast, Beverly Hills is so rich in diversity and unique people and stories. And um, uh, we're not not necessarily focusing like a lot of other maybe luxury publications or, or Beverly Hills branded publications on celebrity and and um you know luxury it's we're really highlighting the people that live here and that have grown up here or or are new to the community so we're bringing back that that mayberry feel and believe it or not beverly hills is i I don't mean it that it's as wholesome as mayberry because you're way too young to remember what i grew up with which was the andy griffith show um but it really is It, it is not a very big area of space, um, you know, if you were measuring the Triangle or the Greater Beverly Hills commercial area, it's not very big. It's very much like a village. Um, Rodeo Drive is not very long. It's basically three city blocks, and it's crammed in, and its, its culture has changed from uh, on Beverly Drive, there used to be one of my favorite restaurants called Cafe Swiss. And that goes way back. And a man who was a, another Beverly Hills Rotarian named Don Tronstein owned that building. And then Cafe Swiss, he, he developed the building and it's on the east side of the street. No more Cafe Swiss. So very few restaurants on, Beverly, on Rodeo Drive. Um, so there's been a shift and a change in all of that, and that that's kind of interesting. When did issue number one come out? So it took about um, eight months to figure out who we were going to use for the printing and distribution, our exact um, uh, mailing list, and working with the post office. And so the first issue launched September of 2021. Wow. And, and how many did you print? We print. We circulated about four thousand copies. Nice. And um, so it's the a significant investment. It's an investment, and it's it's something I really believe in. And there is there is a power behind print. And of course, we're utilizing modern um, social media on Instagram. We're very active. In we have a great email following and subscriber list. Do you list. want somebody? I'm just. It popped into my mind in Japan to see this magazine, you know, or do you want somebody who's at uh, uh, Air One on Beverly Drive or in um, Sean Saidi and a, a little plug for the Beverly Hills Market? Are, is that where you want people to gr- to see it or grab it, or what is that? How how would people consume it? Where would they get it? So the magazine is it's a complimentary subscription. So we have. Um, we have about four thousand. We have about four thousand and growing homes that are on the list, and so we are adding by request um, to that mailing list every month. So they get that as a as a perk of being part of the community, and so we have it available digitally. 
and we're really not available on newsstands. Um, it's not available for purchase. If you would like a copy, we can we'll we get can you get, one. Yeah, we can get you one, and um, we're really focusing on just investing here locally. It's it's really not about a global reach, and there's something about maximum engagement with a smaller circulation versus if you if we were circulating a hundred thousand and there's maybe a 10% engagement that's that's only about 10,000 copies that are being read and the rest are being wasted so so that's why just focusing on the engagement here and sharing stories about residents that are truly always referred to us. That's how we find our cover stories or the inner stories um, inside the publication. It's by word of mouth. So there's a really great organic kind of movement to this, which is really fun. You know, the business end of of anything is, as I tell people, client acquisition, client retention. Um, I assume you sell ads? So we're driven by advertisers solely. And... We have sponsorships, which we like to call them partners and sponsors because that's what they are. They're, they're here with us in the community. We have local companies and local um, really small to medium-sized businesses locally that would like to work with us and larger brands. Um, we have Cabo, who's an amazing partner and who doesn't want to go to Cabo. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a nice mix. And if you could have a um, anybody that you want as an advertiser, as a partner in Beverly Hills, do you have a target or do you have several targets? Like, I want this for restaurants. I want this for uh, clothing. I want mm-hmm. this for um, sports marketing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I just whatever pops into mind. What, are, what would you talk about that a little bit? Well, it's good to have a variety and also at least several experts or professionals per industry because we want the readers to have choice Mm -hmm. and um, we only have one per industry and it's exclusive then then you know we're limiting we have the reader in mind and our advertisers at the same time so it's it's a balance let's talk about that for just a second not not making it public of of the the intricate secrets no 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 but let's say um, I own a restaurant and somebody else owns a restaurant. I own the Palm. And let's say uh, uh, Via Loro is right around the corner. They're not really competitors, but they, people would go to both restaurants. I would love to say, oh, I'm not exclusive, but I'm the first one in. I'm going to be there regularly if your demographic of who you're reaching is who I want to come to my restaurant. Does that, does that make sense? Whereas I would hate, I, I would be, I don't want to say hate it, but I would be uncomfortable if it was, okay, there's 42 restaurants in this publication that are all advertising. So the idea mm-hmm. of blending is kind of interesting. Exactly. Um, so, so, but do you have a target per like either area of the industry in Beverly Hills that you like? We so some of our our greater, um, well, the the businesses that are most interested in Beverly Hills living are especially real estate. We have a lot of lawyers that are interested in in promoting their services and. Um, Boutiques and restaurants, art galleries, um, especially any services for for elderly care or health or skin care. It's it's such a 
there's such a wide variety that we could serve and that who are in who have come to us. Well, I like, I'm holding one of the magazines now, one of the publications, I'm kind of looking at it. It's, it's very well done. Um, I'm looking at one, it happens to have, again, another Rotarian on the cover, which is the Nazarian family, and Sharona is a city council person now, and she's uh, a wonderful asset of the community, but it's very well done, and I always like looking at things. I look at ads um, because I want to know, that's going to tell me a lot, so there's restaurants, there's, um, uh, looks like some sort of a service. Uh, I don't know what this particular- That one's a delivery service. Delivery service, yeah. there we go. Um, and, and then there's a beautiful spread, uh, sort of layout of the, an, an article. And then like you had mentioned, here's some lawyers um, uh, that, that's there. It's a beautiful uh, publication. I don't want to say little, but it is kind of little, which is kind of charming and that it's not going to be, okay, this is a commitment to read. You can kind of skim through it. I hear somebody with a, you know, with some lawn care. Um, that is, that is just, it's a very nice, lovely little magazine. Oh, and then here we have a, another one that has Hermes advertised in it, or at least there's an Hermes, uh, maybe it's a partnership from um, an art gallery, which is really kind of cool. It's a lovely publication, so that's kind of neat. Where do you see it growing? I always ask people, where do you see yourself and where do you see this in five years? So in five years, Beverly Hills Living, we will continue to publish monthly and really at 4,000 or you think you'll be where what's is there a number like oh I'd like to see it at 20 or at 10 or at 12 where do you see it five years five years absolutely I mean growing the the print distribution is our focus mm -hmm. um, but also how can we reach people in other ways and so maybe that's our own podcast that is uh you know, featuring a lot of the stories and and residents that are that are spotlighted in the the publication. Um, we're also we love putting on events and bringing people together in person. And so we've done several events and partnered with either our advertisers who have space in the community um, or other brands that have opened their doors to us. And so we're actually celebrating our two-year anniversary this September. And so congratulations. it's really exciting. So it's a, it's a career path and it's a launching your own business takes a lot and it's going to grow and grow and you're going to have ups and downs. Let's come off of the Beverly Hills, um, the magazine for a little bit and tell me a little bit more about your interests today. I mean, mm -hmm. you mentioned, hey, maybe this evolves to a podcast or maybe a, a YouTube channel or something different, which is all the new new ways to reach uh, ears and eyes. Um, which podcast do you listen to? For me personally, I love anything. Uh, I listen to the Goop podcast. I listen to Second Life. And I don't know what that one is. I know the Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's brand, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that's sort of become a lifestyle um, on its own. What is the other one? What is the other one? Second Life, it's really um, featuring individuals who have had many different chapters in career, and they've reinvented themselves or totally pivoted into a, a completely new career path and um, haven't necessarily gone... A traditional trajectory. Nobody's really yeah. focused in on that, but I'll give you a, a, a fun example. Everybody knows Kentucky Fried Chicken, the brand, KFC, right? Um, Colonel Sanders, 
um, I forget his first name, he didn't make it until he was in his 50s. And th that was like, wait, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to make this into a success? And how did that happen? So it is sometimes second careers or third careers um, or, you know, transitioning from one to another. So any others that you listen to? What else do I listen to? I, mean, I, I listen to person? a lot of, um, well, I love, I love nature and I love fitness and yoga. Those are some of my go-tos and they just keep me super centered. Um, they help me feel incredible. And I definitely love traveling and, and really just being involved in the community is really traveling especially. To where? where do you travel? I love going to, um, well, really small towns like in Southern California. So whether that be Los Olivos, the, the wine country a few hours away, um, I love going to... For all to that don't know, California, it's famous for Napa, which is world-renowned. But there are some wines and wineries all the way up the coast of California that are... Um, gaining a lot of national and international recognition and it's quite fun mm -hmm. so that that's kind of neat and you, they are like you said in some of these small weird unusual places so that's kind of kind of interesting yeah they're really charming i mean i love new york city lo love going there um i like finding new kind of hidden gems and one of them was in rancho mirage i was there this spring um, at this new resort called Sensai, and they have a property in Hawaii that they launched a couple years ago, and um, so they had just opened it, and it was really this haven that was so gorgeous, and it was like a wellness retreat. So anything wellness-related I'm into, um, even personal development. I, I actually, for a while in my 20s, I, I was really interested in... Um, women's empowerment and life coaching. And I actually got my certificate right before I decided to start this magazine venture. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna put this on the back burner. I don't really think I'm ready to, to pursue this right now, but I think I can build off of this and really use the tools that I had had to truly use on myself to graduate, which is- You sound like you're following in the wake you know, uh, of the Gwyneth Paltrow Goop brand, that maybe this is a start and this all ends up into the magazine and then from the magazine it ends up into this kind of a brand and whatever, if, if it ends up into coaching or if it ends up into more and more business, you'll develop things as you, as you grow. So sort of in the last part of this chat, let's talk about what brought you to Beverly Hills Rotary Club. I would love to. So I was... Um, I was invited by J.R. Zubak, who is a dear friend, and I had known him for many years before. Um, and J.R.'s our out, he's an outgoing president, so a, a very recent former president, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he owns a business in Beverly Hills also, and uh, that's kind of interesting. So J.R. In invited you to a meeting. Yeah, so I was at an evening with the mayor a couple years ago, um, and was this Lily Bossy or was this who was the mayor? It was before Lily, who was the mayor that time? Um, I can't gosh. remember. It was it was 2021, so maybe who it was, was Lily. I don't remember. 
That's a, I'm yeah. embarrassed. I'm I am so too. I, well, time's going by so fast. Yeah. And, and Julian Gold is the current mayor. And exactly. And another member of Beverly Hills Rotary Club. Yeah. And so JR, um, there were a ton of Rotarians surrounding me. And Charles Black was, we were in this group talking. And, and JR was just like, you really need to be part of this club. And Bob Wonderlick, our wonderful producer, oh, Cody, Cody brought that up. Yeah, another yeah. another Rotarian. So yeah. Okay. Anyways, that that's so. Jr. Charles Black, and now you're a member. You became mm -hmm. a member. You were invi I guess invited to become a member. Yeah. And so, oh, Sam Storm, another really dear friend of mine, who, um, you know, we. I just I think he's a, a really special person. He's been a member of the Rotary Club for so long, um, and Came so around when I did. <laughs> Did she just call Long me history. <laughs> <laughs> Good tenure. Yeah. So I, I was like, you know, this sounds incredible. I, I didn't really know much about Rotary. I'm truly kind of removed from it. Um, I had always been involved in philanthropy and, and different service projects. But the idea of meeting on a regular basis and and surrounding yourself with people who have this commitment to service above self, I thought, wow, this is so special. 46,000 um, chapters across the world. This is really... You could, you're, you're, you're invited into a built-in family no matter where you go mm -hmm. of like-minded people. That, that's what uh, attracts it to me. It's that I, I may be short on world. I want to help build water wells in Malawi, Africa. Well, our club has a whole bunch of people that are interested in that, and I feel very proud to be a part of helping that. Whereas I would not go build water wells in Africa, I think it's great that we do it. I love the idea of like-minded people, of how do we try to help everybody? It's a better way to live, so that's kind of cool. You know, I'm getting just warmed up here, so maybe I'll have to come back for yeah, round be, two. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that would be great. And uh, you know, thank you for doing this, and we'll chat soon. Uh, Congratulations on your successes. I'm sure it will continue. Thank you so much. And I look much. forward to seeing you at Rotary and seeing you around Beverly Hills. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure.